Welcome to Two for Brew, where we do the hard work of tasting local beers and telling you all about them so you don't have to, although we encourage you to give it a try later. However, keep in mind that this podcast discusses adult beverages in detail and is intended for those of legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly, and if you have a drinking problem, go to aa.org for more information. Hey, how you Thank doing, you. Tobin? I'm good. How you doing, Todd? Excelente. We had an adventure uh, in the mountains, and we went Dude. to a place called Three Marm Brewing Company, located yeah. at 23555 Canap Cutoff in Crestline. Canap. I, I say the K so people will know to spell it with a K. Canap. K-N-A-P-P Cutoff in Crestline. And this is an interesting little place. We went there, what, a month ago? To try to check them out, and we just happened we to did. Pick, yeah. We picked a day when they weren't there. They were actually doing a special event, and so we were kind of bummed. And we've had it on our mind to get back up the mountain, and so we went and checked these guys out. And right. I have to tell you, this was a different experience. It was, and and, and a pleasant one. I mean, yeah. you can ask for nicer, friendlier people. Although oh, I got to say that that. The brewing community is just kind of that way, but these guys were were st- stood out even amongst the brewing community. I do briefly want to explain something though. Three Marms yes. is not somebody mispronouncing Three Moms uh, who are brewing here. No, it's actually founded by three guys who did a bunch of logging up in the San Bernardino Mountains using a 75-ton crane. They removed a whole bunch of trees that had been uh, killed off by bark beetle. And oh, wow. in order to um, uh, cut down on the fire hazards up in the mountains because they wanted to protect the beauty of our local mountains. And so these guys uh, basically uh, formed a, a brigade and went out logging and take, taking these trees down. And I'm sure they then, you know, sold, sold the wood for firewood or something because you can't use, you know, you want to get it yeah, out, of, yeah. out of the forest. And by the way, a marm is a logger term uh, for the point in the tree where it branches out into two or more trunks. And huh. so a tree that would branch into three trunks would have three marms. So, Interesting. Yeah. I learned something new. There you Very go. Very nice. So, you know, since we've started this this journey of checking out different breweries and talking about them on our podcast, we've tried to distinguish between different styles or sizes of breweries. And, you know, we've, we've been to the, the really big, like, sort of corporate-looking ones and sort of the medium-sized ones. I would put three marm in the smaller category. Absolutely. Um, this is not. Yeah. Yeah. This is just maybe a step above a home brew kind of a situation. Um, their their facility, the building's big, but they're only using a small portion of it right now, and um, and they've got a real small feel to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they are. Um... You know, I, I, they're more than just a, a, a step above home brewing, but they, you know, because they've got a full long yeah. business going on there. Oh, they do. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but they do. Yeah. Um, they work in in. Uh, and you didn't say that. I'm just clarifying. Um, yeah. You know, but they 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 uh, they not only work in their own space, but they also lease their um, their uh, equipment for other people to come and brew beers occasionally. And so um, again, they're just part of a really, uh, you know caring community that says hey we want good beers and and uh and we're willing to you know make that happen any way we can you know we enjoy the yeah, brewing well, community and like people who are doing this and and it was kind of neat yeah it was and we had to meet one of their uh uh itinerant brewers who comes in and 
uses right. their facilities for his mm-hmm. stuff, and then they carry his stuff on tap too, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. It was a, just a very interesting experience. Now, I have to share my sort of first impressions with our, our listeners. Um, first off, I'm driving, and this guy pulled into the parking lot before us, and he wasn't quite sure what he was doing. And mm-hmm. this is not a parking lot that's big enough for someone to not be sure what they're doing. Well, and the thing is, is yeah, and the, and the thing is, is that the parking lot itself actually had plenty of room once you got in, but it had a very narrow entry, so it's not like you could yeah. get around the guy. And he pulled in and basically just kind of sat there for a minute. So we said, okay, well, let's find some parking somewhere else. So and I drove then, around the side. Yeah, I pulled yeah, across I mean, the other side of the street. And, and then there, finally yeah, he pulled it, out. Uh, Southern California Edison had signs up saying temporarily no parking on the street because they were working there. And even though it was a weekend and they probably weren't actually working, doesn't mean that, you know, if there's a sign up that a police officer couldn't come by and go, well, we're going to ticket you because you didn't read the sign. So we right. thought, well, maybe we shouldn't park there. So, so I finally got into the parking yeah. lot, but it's it's kind of a tall, kind of a small parking lot. And yeah. we walk into the building and it reminds me of some of those really small bars that that uh, I've been to in the past. It was it really didn't seat maybe more than 20 people. Yeah, um, they did have some room outside, but yeah, some patio um, seating and stuff, some patio seating. But it's not set up for like the big crowds. Mm-mm. No, it's it's a, you know, I'm a smaller place. Um there are some companies that do drink delivery and they partake of that. And so they you know, the drinks get delivered to people there. Um, yes. And I, and there's a fair number of people while we were there, we saw a couple of people come in, buy some and t- get it to go. You know, they'd buy some beer and then, then head home to drink yep. it. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's a petite location, but it's, it's got lots of character, lots of charm. And they're actually physically only using half of the space right now for seating because the other half is being used for storage. And they said they're working on clearing that out and, and rearranging how they're doing things, you know, to, to, I'm, to put their grain in, in and, and whatever else they're storing over there, you know, in a better location so that they can open up. And I suspect, you know, as we go head into winter, that's going to be something that would be really beneficial, if not this year, yes. then next year. I don't know how quickly. They didn't seem to think it was going to happen, like, real quickly, but that was something they were working on. Um, I'm because, interested. Yeah. I'm interested to see when they do that because I think that if they could utilize that, that larger space of the building, yeah. I think that this could take on a really fascinating vibe. You know, it's – it's. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, and the way they, they're currently because the beer's so good. Yeah, and the way they're cr- currently constructed, they're they're using one space. Then they've got the storage space, and then in between, on the other side of the storage space, they have the patio outside. So to go help, you know, to to take care of somebody on the patio, they have to walk out the door and around the building to the side. Once they yeah. finish that, then they'll be able to walk through. Although they may be have a better way to get there through the back too, you know, through the brewing area in the back, which I just didn't see. So. Yeah. Now we were there on a Saturday afternoon. They mm-hmm. did not have uh, uh, entertainment at that time, but just outside the front doors, they actually have a little stage area, and there were right. uh, speakers set up there. And and we talked to the guy, and he says, "Yeah, they do often have music out there, and mm-hmm. people will sit out in the, sort of that front yeah, area." Yeah, it's one of those weather permitting uh-huh. things. Given that you're in Arrowhead, yeah. you know, winter time that might not be viable, but yeah, yeah. So let's uh, uh, let's get to the beer, Todd. Yeah. Let's talk about the beer. There was beer. Believe it or not, in this brewery, there was beer. Um, so, yeah, we already kind of talked about the, the, the seating. They did have chairs with, with backs on them. Yay, them. Todd's Todd's favorite. Plus, plus in my in my book. Um, so I didn't have to sit on a bench. Um, and, you know, it was comfortable. Like I said, we, one of the owners actually came out and asked if we wanted some chips or something to uh, cleanse our palate in between the beers and brought yep. us all some chips. And... Uh, you know, it was all all in all a very pleasant time hanging out with some fun folks and uh, and drinking so, some good beer. 
They don't so, offer, or they didn't offer uh, flights of beers, right? Um, but they, but they offered us tasters of everything, right? And you know, so it took a little bit for them to understand what we were doing because we needed to explain to them who we right. were. Right? Yeah. Initially, doing they things. were going to give us each a little taster of something, and I said, just fill that one glass about because it was, you know, it's maybe a, a five ounce glass. I said, fill that one glass about two thirds full or half full, and then we'll both just taste out of that. We're fine. We're family. Yeah. Um, and although she's not participating tonight, uh, my daughter was with us, too. And so the three of us all tasted out that one. Uh, so yeah. we kind of tasted everything. And then we each picked a pint uh, to kind of finish our effort. And the first thing up on, yes. the, on, the, on the stage was a Golden State Ale. It was an ABV of 5%. Um, wasn't real clear. It was slightly hazy. Had a nice citrus kind of front end to it, as a lot of ales do. I thought it had kind of a peppery finish, which was a little strange to me. And when I say peppery, I don't mean like black pepper. I mean like like um, jalapeno or something along those yeah. lines, like a spicy pepper finish, which was unexpected. And, I, you know, I thought it was a very drinkable ale. Um, it wasn't really my cup of tea, generally speaking, in terms of the beers that I like. I put it right in the middle. I gave it three. I think it was a, a very drinkable ale. And if you like that, and like I said, I thought that that peppery taste was surprising for me. So so I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here. I don't normally do this um, because I really liked all of the other beers we had. I really liked everything else we had. But this one really just was not my cup of tea. Something about this just was off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, I made that pepper kind of flavor that you had something, there was a, uh, a weird sort of flavor there that just struck right. me wrong. And, um, I very seldom go below a two and a half and I would give this one a two, maybe even a one and a half because I really, it just really was not, did, did not work for you, huh? No. And, and, and I felt like it had, uh, a, an alcohol smell, like a raw alcohol smell or taste that just lingered a little bit too, that kind of was like, wait, that's not, something just wasn't right on that beer for me. Now, having said that, and we try to say, you know, because we love beer and we're not out here to, to slam anyone's beers. Right. Um, you know, uh, other people would might have a different reaction to that beer. And um, I'd had some other beer earlier in the day and, and maybe some of the tastes or flavors that were lingering. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what it was. That one just At that moment not, in time did not work for you. Did not work for me. Mm-hmm. And and then the the ones that came after it were so good. And mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, when my when I had that experience with the first beer, I thought to my I had this like momentary, oh my gosh, is this going to be the whole experience here? Am I going to have other you know? What if I um, hate everything? Yeah, because we I've not had that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, neither of us have. I, yeah, but I liked everything else that came after. I was like, oh yeah, thank gosh. I think the closest we came to was one of the corporate places that had just basically a bunch of IPAs. Yeah, yeah, uh, and even there. Uh, that was their own brews. They also sold other brews, and we ended up getting a, some um, uh, Oktoberfest beer that was actually pretty good there. For, for but, our extra, for our pint, Right, yeah. We just wasn't, we didn't but care it wasn't, for their beers. It wasn't their beers, but yeah. But <laughs> yeah. back to these guys. So the California Ale, like I said, the uh, Golden State Ale is what they call it. Um, yeah. You know, the finish to me, I called it a little strange, but I thought it was curious. Like I said, it wasn't really my boat. Um, I, you know, but I didn't have the same super strong negative reaction that you seem to have. Yeah. So the, the only the only sort of positive experience I got from that beer was I did like the mouthfeel on it. I thought yeah. that it had a, a decent mouthfeel, but there was just something about this that, yeah. like I said, strong alcohol smell, taste, something just I don't know. It was just a little off for me. Yeah. Um, but 
we quickly moved on to the next beer, yeah. and boy, well, was I happy with that. Jensen wasn't there, but she she actually um, rated that beer a little higher than us. She gave it three and a half and said, strong finish, slightly hazy. She tends to like uh, you know stronger ales and IPAs more than yeah. I do and you do in general. Uh, yeah. And so for her, she felt that was fun, uh, fine. But like she said, strong finish. For me, it was a, it was a just an unusual taste in the finish. But yeah. uh, but anyway, yeah. So next up was next up was the I'm I love I love, I, I love juicy IPA. Yeah. And this one was kind of surprising. You know, you it and was. I often you and I often joke or talk about the fact that oh, we're not really IPA guys, but occasionally we find IPAs that yeah. just really are good. And and when someone mm-hmm. does a really good IPA, we have to we have to talk about it. Yeah. And and this was a really solid IPA. I agree. I agree. Six point eight percent ABV, so a little yeah. more alcohol. Yeah, but it didn't. Um, it wasn't an overpowering taste. You know, like you have some no. that are you know get when you start getting six and seven, sometimes the alcohol dominates the flavor. Um, yeah. That said, I've had some that are, you know, 11 ABV and and you didn't notice it. It's just, you know, it's just it's the balance thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, this so, was a very balanced IPA. And I remember asking him because of the name. I said, is it like fruit infused? Is there like some, you know, because right. juicy. And he goes, no, no, no. That's, that's just good, juicy hop flavor. And I'm like, oh, OK, right. cool. Yeah. Well, and, and it's and, and that was the thing. I thought that it had a really gentle kind of hoppy flavor that that didn't smack you in the face, but right. really kind of built flavor in there that was just really nice. Um, mm-hmm. It was a, a, a cloudy kind of orange color. Um, a lot of times IPAs will tur- turn me off with the smell. This one did not. It had a nice mm-hmm. hoppy flavor or smell, um, but it wasn't too strong. It was just – I thought this really hit the sweet spot for me. Um, I'm giving this one a three and a half to a four. Uh-huh. I couldn't you – know, probably a four is probably a better accurate I gave accurate it four. Presentation. Yeah. I gave it four. It was um... – it, you know, it was after the kind of peculiar taste of the first one, this was a really pleasant surprise for a style that I'm not generally super fond of. It was a, an excellent representation and, yep. and I enjoyed it thoroughly. So what came next, Todd? Um, the next one was what? The Patchkin Pumpkin. Patchkin Pumpkin is what they call it. Latte. Oh, pumpkin latte. latte. You know what? I never got to the latte. I just got to the oh, I did latte. I wrote down in the notes. I didn't put it in the name because I just like you know jot something down, start drinking. So this is (laughs) taste this This stuff. Yeah, this is the beer where your daughter. Well, I guess I I had a different take on this from both you and your daughter. Um, So why don't you tell what you got first, and I'll give them my side of the story. Yeah. So I felt like um, it was. Very much uh, smelled the latte part of it, or no? I'm sorry, smelled very pumpkiny. But when I tasted it, I immediately tasted latte, sort of the middle taste, and then finished with pumpkin again. And so, um, you know, I just thought it was very interesting that they had the two flavors very much there, very much distinct from each other. And and that's kind of how I got it. I got pumpkin smell, was surprised by more latte taste, and then the pumpkin finish came back, and I'm like, whoa, okay, there is pumpkin there. Right. Very yeah. artfully done. Um, so it's kind of a brown beer. Um, mm-hmm. And I got it. I got the lot, the, the latte, the coffee, coffee smell strong. Like I yeah. didn't smell pumpkin at all. And, um, you know, whenever we get a coffee kind of flavor in the beer, uh-huh. there are uh, there are different sort of styles of coffee or different types of coffee. Um, and uh, uh, this was a really nice, gentle kind of a coffee that, that worked that worked really well with this. But for me, I thought that pumpkin flavor, when I got to it, 
was just lovely. It really was a, a really wonderful blend with that beer. Um, uh, I gave this one a four. Um, I was so pleased with this beer. It just had a great finish. Um, and that yeah. I, I don't know how they got that nice pumpkin flavor in there like that, but man, yeah, good on good on them. Thank you. I like this one a lot too. Yeah, and yeah. you know I I think Jensen and I are more regular coffee drinkers than you. Yeah, I mean we're we're daily coffee drinkers for the most part. I'm I'm maybe five times a week. She she's pretty much every day. Um, and I think maybe that's why you know maybe we just disregard the the coffee because we're used to that smell more. And then when the taste hit us, it was like, oh yeah, there is coffee there. Um, yeah. maybe, although you'd think maybe we'd be more attuned to the coffee taste. Although I noticed that people who, who don't drink as much coffee really notice coffee. It's a very distinct smell oh, taste yeah. that, you know, if you're not a coffee drinker, you're just like, Whoa, that's coffee, you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm with you. I gave it four stars as well. I, um, just the, the fine touch in the blending of those two flavors in with the beer that still tasted like a beer. You know, it right? was there. And I've had some pumpkins, pumpkin beers that I just didn't do it for me. You know, pumpkin yeah. is is a very strong, specific taste, much like a latte, uh, you know, coffee. And it's like, um, I mean, they're not similar in taste, but they're similar in that they're very strong flavors and specific flavors, you know. Yes. Um, and sometimes they try to do this pumpkin spice thing. Excuse me. And it just doesn't work quite well with the beer itself. Well, pumpkin spice is so sort of overused, right. you know, and and so you got to be a little skeptical when you see someone trying to do that. But yeah. when they do it right, like these guys did, wow, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely, um, you know, a, a delicate touch that that uh, ended up with a really nice, nice drink. Yes, so, very much, um, very much a wow beer. Then we moved to the dark side. Yes. The Robusto this Imperial Porter. 8% ABV, Todd. Mm. We're talking real beer now. This will put hair on your chest beer. Something that if they said it, I didn't hear it while they were saying it. But if you go to their website, the Robusto Porter is a Robusto Orchata Porter, which explains yeah. so many things. Because when I was drinking this, you know, it... it it almost my my first taste was maybe a little sour, which was kind of a little unusual for a porter, but then had a really mild finish. And some porters can be kind of really yeah. strong on the back end. Um, and and I thought not only was it a mild finish, it was very unusual. There was a spice that I couldn't quite place. Now that I hear it's a an horchata porter, I'm like ah, got it. So it's got right. like a cacao, coconut, and tiger nut. Uh, which is what the horchata is made from, and uh, and yeah, it it was really good. In fact, they even suggest enjoying your robusto with a dessert, um, wow. and I couldn't couldn't say it better. I just that was a, so a pleasant drink in a I lot of ways. Loved this beer. I love this beer. I thought this one was, and I didn't know it was horchata, but I, I'm a big fan of horchata, and mm -hmm. wow, again, I just thought this one was just uh, knocked it out of the park for me. Um, uh, real smooth, real smooth beer, uh, really nice dark color, um, sort of gent gentle caramel and coffee notes, I thought, with a great clean finish, and you know, you and I have talked before about our, our dark beer that we'd had at Jacob Worth's in right. Boston. Yes. And I did this. This kind of hit that beer memory for me a little bit. And I just may that restaurant of, rest in peace. 
whole bunch of stuff going on for me. I just, I fell in love with this beer. I was like, yes, give me more. I gave it a four and a half. I just was like, wow. Yeah. This was a this was a really good one for me. Mm-hmm. I was so happy to be drinking this beer. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Um, I liked it a lot, but not to the extent that you did. But it was it was yeah. a it was a really good, you know, deeply dark beer that was not burnt in any way. It was yeah. um, you know, and and understanding that they kind of had that horchata flavor in there. I I get it now. Um, well, you you were wrong to give it a three and a half, but I'm going to forgive you. Yeah, I'm gonna forgive you. I, I could have, I could, I could stretch to four maybe on it, but I actually right. liked a a uh, off menu brew that we'll get to at the end. Ah, that, yes. Um, that was I thought stunningly better. Um, they they had they had I, again you know they had a mm-hmm. lot of really good stuff here. I mean, we were very very pleased, mm-hmm. and and that's why I feel so bad that that first one I kind of gave such a, a stinker review to, but man they. Did it so good on these other ones. I hope they yeah. forgive me for that. We're not liking the first one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, everybody's got their taste. You know, the thing yeah. that they like and don't like. And, you know, if it's if it's something that works well and sells for them, they'll make more of it. If it doesn't, then they won't. You know, I mean, it's a business. Yeah. You know, unless, of course, like, you know, somebody who works there or owners say, I don't care. I like it. Make some more. <laughs> In which case, yeah. then, you know, you're going to get it. Um, the next beer up was one that is one of their standards. And, in fact... It's their first brew that they ever brewed. It's sort of where they started their collaboration um, with uh, their uh, their brewers, Andrew and Adam. Um, and it was um, inspired by a character from Wishmaster. Uh, it's Gin's Hella Brew. Gin spelled D-J-I-N-N. If you look up Gin, uh, it's a, um, in, in the Middle Eastern lore, it's a mythical uh creature that's like a uh, it's like a minor angel it's like one level below angels you know and yeah. uh and so if you like the um uh, arabian nights type movies and stuff there would be jinns there sometimes that would uh, that are referenced um and uh, it's a belgian golden strong ale spiced with habanero peppers and persian lime okay so when I thought, I mean, we, we thought that first, that, that that California ale had kind of a pepper finish. This one yeah. definitely does because they're in there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's uh, again, I felt this one had kind of a little bit of a sour uh, start in my in my mouth. But um, good mouthfeel, but a little bit of sourness. And then a peppery finish that I thought was very pleasant. And, um, and. Just to make sure, I made sure I had some of the chips in between to get see if that sour was yeah, there. Yeah. And it tasted more smooth after kind of, you know, cleansing my palate a little bit. Um, you know, it wasn't quite as sour on the front end. Um, you know, I thought this was a good beer, but again, not my favorite uh, of the yeah. bunch. You know, I just, it was, I can, you know, I can see it's, it's kind of distinct. And I generally kind of like Belgians. Um, you know, this is a 7.5 ABV, so it's a, it's a, you know, fairly strong beer. And, yeah. you know, I gave it three and a half. Um, you know, it's, I thought it was, um, you know, better than, than an average solid beer, but it was it still wasn't like, wow, I got to get me some more of that kind of beer for me personally. So, so this beer kind of scared me a little bit, just yeah. the description of it. Uh, I was like, boy, I, I, you know, I feel like this is, they're going out, they're taking me out on that experimental kind of limb of stuff that I'm maybe not so comfortable to even try. And and I'm speaking primarily to the habanero 
I've had beers uh-huh. before with those kinds of peppers in them that just rip me up. And, and so I, I'm thinking, I'm not sure I really want to try this, you know? So I'm kind of skeptical. And, and, and then I try yeah. it and it, it really was a, a very kind of interesting beer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, you can smell the peppers, um, you can taste it, but it, it wasn't too overpowering. And this is, this is what right. I really liked, liked about it. I thought that it drank a lot like a light beer, you know? Right. And I would call this a very sort of unique specialty beer. It's not something that I'm necessarily going to go for on a regular basis. Right. But but there might be certain food pairings or specialized situations where I'm like right. this would be a really cool beer to have. And they talk about it pairing with meats, fish, and poultry. Um, yeah. They say it makes a great bloody beer. And if you've not had a bloody beer, oh. it's basically a beer cocktail. It's beer with tomato juice, a little bit of tequila, some some lemon juice, hot sauce, horseradish, and Worcestershire sauce, uh, yeah. a little salt, a little dry mustard. Um, think of a Snappy Tom or a hot V8 with your beer. Um, yeah. Our grandfather used to drink <laughs> tomato beers, and he would just dump tomato juice in and nothing else. Or sometimes he'd put a little Worcestershire sauce in it or something, yeah. or a little hot sauce. Um, and personally, I don't care for that. I've tried it several times thinking maybe it just didn't get it at the right time. You know, it wasn't. Right. And every time I've tried it, I've gone, nope, still not for me. <laughs> but right. um, but they mentioned this. And this one has, you know, if you think about it, though, if you do something like that, if you have a, a beer that's got a little bit um, more character to it than your average, you know, Budweiser or Coors or something yeah. like that. Um, I mean, our grandpa was a Coors guy. Um, so so the beer basically was, you know, just bubbles because there wasn't a whole lot of flavor being added to to the uh, to the tomato beer. Um, this this beer could hold up for something like that because it it's could. got it's got flavor. It does. Yeah. It's it's got it's got character. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So you know, it's it's again, it, it's a Belgian. It's uh, yeah. you know, it's a golden strong ale. Uh, the spiciness with the habaneros gives it some character. It's 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 an interesting beer. Um, not my cup of tea overall, um, but I think it's a good beer. Um, you know, and when I say not my cup of tea, I've said that a couple times. That just means that I didn't pick it for my pint. Um, yeah. still a good beer. <laughs> um, this for me was a three star well, beer. Yeah, I gave it, I gave it three as well. And, uh, you know, uh, I see that it's a, qu- a high quality beer, but because of the mm-hmm. sort of what I call the specialty nature of it and not being something right. that I would drink regularly, you know, like maybe special uh-huh. occasions. I, yeah, it's a three for me. You know, if I had it in the right occasion, I might then say, okay, this is, you know, paired with this. Now I'm going to elevate that up to a four. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a solid beer. It's just, it's just, just enough different though, um, that I probably wouldn't be drinking it on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said. It's, it's, yeah. it's a good beer. Um, and, uh, you know, if somebody offered me a pint, I wouldn't be pushing it away or anything like that. I'd go, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I know what it is. I like it. Um, um, but it's not necessarily my go-to. Yes. You know. Um, so uh, let's see. Next up was one that actually when they poured it for us, they, I thought it was a beer. Um, but it, or at least I thought that's what they had told us. And we yeah. all went, it doesn't taste like a beer. We let her found out it is, it wasn't a beer. It was a seltzer. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well it, you know, cause it was passion fruit, uh, seltzer. Well, if it was yeah. a passion fruit beer, it was the weakest beer ever. But now that yeah. I hear that it's a passion fruit seltzer, I go like, okay, 
totally different thing. We don't usually even taste the seltzers. No. Um, you know, because it's passion, you know, passion fruit and guava, yeah. Todd. Don't forget the guava. Oh, it does have the actually I think I smelled the guava probably more than the passion fruit. Right. Um, you know, it was very fruity, almost juice like with a kind of champagne color. Um, I thought, you know, I not to, it'll sound like it's derogatory, but I'm not. I mean, it made me reminded me of the old Bartles and James era. Yeah, of, okay. You know, those yeah. kinds of things. It was a, you know, a fruity drink with some alcohol in it that that somebody who doesn't necessarily want beer would probably like a lot. And, and you know, I didn't dislike it. It just it wasn't a beer. It was, yeah. you know, it, and but. You know, if we'd paid attention a little bit, we probably would have known that. But we first started tasting, we're going like, that doesn't taste like a beer. Well, like, they, they start putting stuff in front of you, Todd. What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Um, right. No, I, I liked it. I thought it was tasty. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, like you, I had made the question, you know, is this a beer, not a beer? What is this? Yeah. You know, um, and, and it was it definitely had a strong fruit yeah. smell and a strong fruit flavor. But it, but it was tasty, but it, it was not a beer. Not yeah. a beer. Yeah. No, not even a, a – um, uh, what do they call the uh, malted beverage? Because <laughs> yes. it was, you know, it just wasn't. <laughs> it just wasn't. No. Um, you know, for what it was, it was good, though. I will say that if you went in there and said, "Hey, I want a seltzer," you that you'd be happy with that seltzer. Yeah. 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 So then we go to the off-menu mix. Now this was black gold mixed fifty-fifty with the Hellebrew. Okay, or they called it black. I'm sorry, they called it black gold. It was yes. the Hellebrew and the Porter. Mixed 50-50. It was a blend of the Robusto and the Hellebrew. And at first you might go, ooh, because it doesn't sound right. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh, was that a great mix. I just thought it got the best of both of them. It was yum for me. Um, You know, it was like two beers that I both gave like threes or three and a halfs. And together, they were more than the sum of their parts. You know, it wasn't like you took yeah. the three and the three and a half and ended up with three and a quarter as an average. No, for me, this was a four when you blended them together. I really liked it. It was interesting watching your reaction to it because you you definitely got excited about this. Yeah. Um, and really enjoyed it. Um, I, I saw the artistry of it. Um, I thought that – so I'll give my observations. First off, I thought that this beer had more head than just the, the porter or the by. Uh, by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, definitely a dark beer. I thought it was a very interesting blend of the flavors and that it, in some ways it sort of took the edge off the, the hell of brew, which has that, that right. uh, pepper. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that was part of the reason that I maybe marked the hell brew down a little bit. Cause the pepper kind of scares me a little bit. Um, and I thought that it added an interesting second or third note to the Robusto. But for me, it just took it took a little bit of the edge off of the robusto, which I loved. I mean, which that was my loved, four and a right. half. Yeah. And so I, I was like this. I'm like, oh, this is. I see that it's a good beer. Um, mm-hmm. I gave it a three and a half, but it for me it didn't. I, I just was so in love with what I got from that first robusto. I'm like, oh no, you messed up my robusto. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's what'd you do? Yeah. You know. Well, I really liked it. I mean, it was. I, I rated two things four stars. The I love juicy IPA. And that black gold blend. I'll tell you what, too. This is the first place we've been to where they have suggested or and, and it ever offered us a blend of two of their beers. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. And the fact that they're thinking about that and saying, hey, you know, if we put these two flavors together, what might we get? Um, I think is really interesting. It speaks volumes for how creative they are in terms of thinking about the flavors they're putting together. So kudos to them for doing that um, and just letting us know that, hey, you know, much like when you're going to uh, In-N-Out, they have an off-menu 
uh, uh, item that you can select or ask for right. if, you, if you know to ask for it. So if you happen to be up at Three Marms and you want to try it, tell them you heard about it on Two for Brew. Uh, yep. and, uh, and tell them we sent you up there to, to give out, uh, to try out the black gold. Uh, it black won't be gold. on, it won't be on the menu. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, you know, I understand you liking the Porter and saying, wait a minute, don't mess yeah. with the Porter. But to me, those two together were outstanding. And, uh, but ironically, when it came time to order our pints, let's talk about our pints, Todd. I went back to the IPA that I had originally given four to. And, um, and we all, our jaws all dropped. Yeah. And everybody was like in shock. Todd ordered an IPA? Yeah. That is also the first time that I think we have ever been to a brewery where I ordered my pint and my pint was an IPA. Yeah. And I liked that I love Juicy IPA um, so much. I just said, you know, it's like that's the one I want more of. I really liked the blend, but I think part of, too, the blend was um, significantly higher ABV. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one beer was eight and the other was seven and a half. And uh, and well, this one was six point eight. So it was a little less than seven. I just was thinking, too, it's like, you know, I don't want that. We, we had to get down the mountain, even though you were doing the driving. I thought, yeah. you know, um, I didn't want uh, that was part of the choice. Why I picked because I had two things rated four. Right. So I could pick either yeah. of them um, and would have been perfectly happy either way. But I really liked that. Uh, I love Juicy IPA. That was uh uh, just for me, a great beer. And well, look, no surprise which one you picked. Yeah, if our listeners have been paying attention at all, I mm -hmm. went straight for that Robusto Imperial Porter and loved every every minute of it. It was such a yeah. good beer. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. And and what did your daughter get, Todd? I, I'm trying to remember which one she got. Um, she got the Patchkin Pumpkin uh, Latte. That's right. And, That's right. And she thoroughly enjoyed that. And it was interesting that, you know, it also says something when you have three different people and all three of them picked something else, you know, from the menu to say that that's what I want. You know, it wasn't wasn't like there was consensus around one thing as the the single thing that was the standout. Yeah, um, there was a lot of good beer uh, now for a very small place that really has, you know, um, I mean, some places you come into and they've got, you know, more things on the menu than we can get in in a yeah. know, in eight tasters. We usually, you know, we if we get two, four glass flights, you know, to taste. Um you know, here there was basically what um, five beers, a uh, a um, seltzer, and then the blend of two beers of two of those yeah. fives. So, so you know, but of those five, there was only one that we all kind of was a consensus. Yeah, there's something about that. It didn't quite work for me, and that was the Golden State Ale. Everything yeah. else, um, we went, wow, that so was really good. We also had kind of an interesting end to the, the, the stay there. You know, we always try to talk to the people that work there. And, and so as we were standing at the end to pay and, and sort of chatting with them about their location, uh, up walks a gentleman who was one of their sort of co-located brewers. I don't know quite right, the right way to say it. Yeah, well, I guess he had, he, had, he had leased their equipment to, yeah. to do some brewing. And he has a business that does um, deliveries. And obviously during COVID, that was something that a lot of people partook in. It's like they didn't want to go out, so they had grocery deliveries and food deliveries. And you could also get beer deliveries from local um, breweries. And I guess what they do is they stock, I think he said 70-plus different beers um, wow. that they then have um, available at their location. And then they uh, will can it right there and bring it to you. So they, they're canning it uh themselves not the brewery so they're not getting yeah. cans they're getting they're getting um 
kegs from the brewers of beer, and then they can it and bring it to you. Fantastic. Yeah. And and, and this gentleman was super friendly, and his house yeah. and business was just around the corner. So while we were sort of finishing up, he said, oh, I've got something for you. And he, he quickly ran home and then came back with some, some cans of his stuff that he wanted us right. to try. And, and we had a conversation about maybe trying to link up with him later and, and do some yeah. some things together. Um, you yeah. know, we're always looking to help people out. They help us out. We want to return the favor. And Absolutely. Um, In fact, I he was the one was really who uh, who had made their uh, Harpog passion fruit. Um, and What was it? Passion fruit and uh, what was the other fruit? Guava. Uh, guava, right. Guava. He's the one who he yeah. made the um, the seltzer. That was him. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and they just said, well, hey, you know, that's good. And we know there's some people here, you know, visit spouses sometimes come along that, you know, or somebody doesn't want to be, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't doesn't like beer, but they might want something else. And so they've got that on tap there, too. So, um, yeah. So it was interesting. And, yeah, like I said, we kind of made a connection there and we will probably at a future date. Uh, we've got his card. We'll track down his business yeah. and maybe talk a little about that. He's got a tasting room set up and everything he said as well. So, well, uh, And that was the thing, too. Coming back and maybe doing some tastings in his tasting room was one right. of the things we talked about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Really, so, really um, uh, fun people, fun day. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I'm i glad we did it. You know, like when, we, when they weren't there that first time, there's maybe this feeling like, well, that's kind of a long drive. I'm not sure I want to you know, head back yeah. up there. I mean, we said but we'll get was... back up there, but it's taken us a while because, yeah, you know, it's 30 or 40 minutes from your house and, you know, twice that from mine. So, yeah, but know, it was worth it. I mean, it really was. You know, it's funny when you get good beer, it's okay to drive a little bit. You know, if you if you know you're going to yeah. get a good beer good, or good experience and they gave us they gave it all to us. We got Absolutely. it all. We got a good experience. Well, and we good had beer. the opportunity to meet some really, really nice people. I, I enjoyed, yeah. you know, the company of the people there, not only the people working there. Um, you know, and like I said, the owner came over and introduced himself. Um, uh, he didn't hover around or anything though. He just checked on us, see how we were doing and, and, yeah. and then went back to his office. But then their, their, um, other guests there, you know, we sat and chatted and listened to conversations and joined in conversations with them and, uh, just a, you know, really nice group of people. Yeah. So. Well, and when you're in a small place like that, you know, I, I you know, we show up unannounced. And they don't really know who we are. We just come in. We're going to, you know, right. rate their beers. And some people, you kind of sense their anxiety about it. And it, yeah. it kind of, you know, but these guys were just yeah. so chill and so good. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and we try to tell people we're not, you know, our goal when we do this is we're beer lovers. <laughs> we're yeah. beer lovers. Yeah. You know, and we're not out to, like, harm your business or anything like that. We're not, you know, going to be super critical. We're going to be honest about what we think. But, you know, right. like we try to say, if it's something that we're not fond of, doesn't mean necessarily it's a bad beer. It just means it's something we're not fond of. Maybe it'd be something right. you'd love. Yeah, know? absolutely. You know, and and the um, you know, there've been places where you could tell they just they just really want to hover and see what we're. What are you saying? What do you think? What do you you know? And it's like, you know, but yeah. most the most the most the people once they kind of understand what we're doing, they're like, okay, cool, and they check back. In fact, while we were there, um, the uh, the bartender actually after we had told them what we were doing. Uh, as we were getting ready to leave, was talking about it. And he made some comments about some of the episodes because he had gone and looked and 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 that's right, uh, huh? Yeah, and checked out you know the where we were at and how many episodes we had and and uh, and where we had been and uh, and so yeah, you know it was kind of nice to 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 uh, you know that that he he cares, you know, it's like he's interested in beer yeah. too, you know. And what you find is a lot of these brewers they know each other, you know, they know each yes. other and they have tried each other's beers. They go to each other's establishments. Um, 
So they kind of know what's out there. They know what everybody else is doing. They're each trying to sort of make their own way and make something unique. And, uh, you know, and, and it's a, just a very supportive community. And it's just it's fun to be part of it, uh, you know, in our right. in our little sort of off to the side way of it. Right. Uh, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it thoroughly. So. So I was going to share with you, Todd, um, a newspaper article that came out um, the other day here. Apparently, Redlands is about to get their fifth brewery. Uh, their planning commission just gave it the go ahead. And it's a place called the Smudge Pot. And it's going to be their ah. fifth, bre- fifth brewery. And um, I don't know much more about it, um, but it's coming. So Smudge we'll Pots. For those of you who don't know, that's how – back when we used to have orange groves all over Southern California <laughs> – um, they would actually uh, light up these uh, smudge pots with kerosene in them uh, down amongst the orange groves, and they would then uh, keep the orange groves warm so they wouldn't freeze in the coldest parts of the night. So when we got really, really cold, and we don't get too many freezes in Southern California, but it happens occasionally, and that could completely destroy a citrus crop. And so they would, you know, the the yeah. people would be, they'd be out there, you know, all night long, making sure smudge pots were going, putting out heat, and they'd keep this blanket of heat down sort of under the trees to keep keep them from freezing uh, to keep the frost off of them. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of part of California history. I mean, there are still some orange groves, but uh, yeah. not, like the, not like there was when we first moved to California many, many oh, years no. ago. Uh, well, uh, one of the funny questions that was asked, I guess, at the Planning Commission, uh, someone clearly doesn't know much about uh, brewing beer, asked if they would be brewing the beer in the smudge pots and uh, <laughs> said, no, but, but I don't no, think that would be sanitary and legal. Not how that works actually. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I just thought I'd share that with you. Uh, you know, we are trying to get out to other areas of the County. Mm-hmm. We've kind of done the main areas of Riverside and San Bernardino, but we're, we're looking to maybe go out to the West end. Maybe we should start heading mm-hmm. down to the South, down to Mecula that way. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but I, I think there's it's a big the two counties, San Bernardino and Riverside, are massive and yeah. we still have lots of places to get to. Oh, tons. And so if you're if you're listening and you know of a really good place, let us know. Send us a little yeah. message. You know, uh, well, actually, to that point, Three Marms was was recommended by a listener. And so, they, um, you know, that was the other reason for making an effort to get back there, because, you know, it was unfortunate the first time up that they were at an event. But, uh, yeah. you know, we've got listeners who gave us some feedback. We'd like to follow up on that. And, by the way, thank you. I appreciate the, the tip because that place was great. Right? Yep. Good yep. deal. So Good deal. Um, let me repeat one more time just in case anybody hadn't heard it before that this podcast discusses adult beverages in detail. It is intended for those of legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. And if you have, think you have a problem with drinking, go to aa.org for more information. We also want to point out that we do here at the Shack Outback Studio have some other podcasts. Uh, right now, the two major podcasts that we do besides this one are both tech-oriented. Two-Minute Tech is literally two minutes on how to use your tech better. Recently, it's been a little uh, biased towards some Apple stuff because they released updated uh, operating systems on both their Macs and their iPhones. But we try to cover both Android and Windows as well. And then Generation Tech is a conversation with... Uh, two different generations of people involved with technology sharing a little bit of the history and views on what's going on in current tech. And look out for a new one, the new Moo Review, which will be new movie reviews. And uh, we've got our first one lined up and should be out this week. And I'm looking forward to seeing a, a logo that has a cow in it. New Moo Review. It actually has popcorn in it because it's movies. Well, okay. Although we spell it 
new N-E-W, Moo, M-U, review. So new Moo review, not because otherwise it'd be new Moo review. <laughs> Or I'd have to go double O's, and then you then you'd want a cow on it. Now you know the, the right. review. So yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, um, I'm just yeah. teasing you, brother. Yeah, new moo, right? It's it's a uh, it's a podcast about physics. There and, you go. Uh, you know, moo being a particle. Um, but uh, anyhow, we do appreciate your your support and listening. If you find that you enjoy this podcast or any of the other podcasts, please. Uh, give us five-star review. Let us know. And always, you know, go to our Facebook page and give us some feedback if you've got ideas for places you'd like to see us go to. Uh, and uh, stay tuned. We've got some exciting things planned for everybody in the new year. Um, Yay. So, cool. Uh, I guess that's it, huh? Yeah, well, thank you all for listening. I'm Tobin Brinker. And I'm Todd Brinker. Thank you so much, and we'll be back next week. Two for brew. That's how I like my beer. Here with you. That makes it two for brew. Two for brew. That's how I like my beer. Here with you. That makes it two for brew.